Greetings, family. Today we're going to be reading uh, the prayer of Jabez, chapter 6, which I promised you that I would finish the book, and then I would put it all together in one format so you can listen to it on a one sitting. We pray that you go out and you buy Bruce Wilkinson's New York bestseller, Breaking Through to the Blessed Life, The Prayer of Jabez, little small book. It takes you about, I don't know, an hour to read it. I'm taking a month. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your great love. Thank you that you instruct us in all of our days and show us which way to go and move and have and read, Lord, for your glory. Lord, all that you are, Lord, all that I am, it is the grace of God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your endless grace, O oh God, grace I can never repay. Thank you for the peaceful, Lord God, of, of your meadows, Lord God, and the peacefulness of your great love, Lord. Thank you, Father, for embracing our lives with the grace of God. Thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to God's Honor Road, Chapter 6. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Do you think God has favorites? Certainly God makes his love available to all. And Jesus came to earth so that whosoever might call on his name and be saved. But Jabez, whose prayer earned him a more honorable award from God, might have made the case that God does have favorites. His experience taught him that equal access to God's favor does not add up to equal reward. What happened to some of the other names along with him in Chronicles? Eidbash, Heseleponi, and Anub, for example, what honors and awards did they get from God? Simply put, God's favors those who ask. Again, if you ask, God will favor you. He holds back nothing from those who want and earnestly long for what he wants. To say that you want to be more honorable in God's eye is not arrogance or self-centeredness. More honorable describes what God thinks. It's not credit we take our for ourselves. You would be given in to a carnal impulse if you were trying to outdo someone else. But you are living in the spirit when you strive to receive God's highest reward. I press toward the goal for the prize, Paul wrote in his last epistle, Philippians 3.14. And he looked forward to the day he could give an account for what he had done. 2 Corinthians Five, 9-10 The sorrowful alternative does not appeal to me. I don't want to get, get to heaven and hear God say, Let's look at your life, Bruce. Let me show you what I wanted for you and tried repeatedly to accomplish through you, but you wouldn't let me. What a travesty. Travesty. I noticed that winning honor nearly always means leaving meotic expectations and comfortable assumptions behind. But in this case, it has very little to do with talent. How encouraging it is to find very few super saints listed among those God has placed on his honor roll, Hebrews 11. They are mostly ordinary, easy-to-overlook people who had faith in an extraordinary, miraculous God and stepped out to act on that faith. What they discovered was a life marked by God's blessings. 
supernatural provision and divine leading at the very moment they needed it. At the very moment they needed them. God's hand on me now. I think the immediacy, the nowness of service. God is one of the most exciting aspects of living for God's honor role. You start to thrive in the presence to a degree most Christians have never thought possible. Think about it. How would your day unfold if you believe that God wants your borders expanded at all times with every person? And if you were confident that God's powerful hand is directing you even as you minister. During the past five years, I've been putting that belief to a very specific test. Often with astounding results, I ask the Lord for more ministry than follow, following the nudging of the Holy Spirit. I initiate a conversation with a person by asking a simple question. How can I help you? Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. How would your day unfold if you believe that God wants your borders expanded at all times with every person? Here's the example. I was driving through Atlanta to the airport on my way to an important speaking engagement in North Carolina. Without warning, traffic slowed, then stopped. A major accident had blocked all lanes. When it became clear that I was going to miss my flight, I prayed, Lord, Lord, please make my flight late so I can catch it. When I finally arrived at the concourse for departure, I noticed scores of people milling around. Sure enough, the flight had been delayed. Humbled and thankful, I found myself wondering if God had something else in mind as well. I began to pray that the Lord would arrange an appointment for ministry. Within moments, a well-dressed businesswoman approached, pulling her leather roller bag when she joined the rest of us to wait for the flight. I noticed she seemed flustered. I nodded hello, then asked, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? She responds, what? Not quite believing her ears, I repeated my offer. You can't do anything for me, she said kindly but firmly. Well, I believe there's something I can do for you, but I don't know what it is. But you do. My name is Bruce, by the way. Then I smiled at her and calmly asked again, So, what can I do for you? Friend, You have you ever seen the Holy Spirit break through emotional and spiritual barriers right before your eyes? It is an experience you won't forget. The woman caught her breath, leaned against the wall, and started to talk. Well, I'm flying home to divorce my husband, she said. That's why I'm waiting to catch this flight. Tears welled up in her eyes. I suggested we move to a quieter corner in the departure area, and I asked the Lord to place his protection around us and between us. Her name was Sophie. Her perfectly tailored dress and Italian leather accessories hit a broken person on the run from disappointment and despair. Her husband had been unfaithful to her and hurt her in other ways. Even though he wanted to make things right, she had had enough. 
When she got home, she would be pulling divorce papers out of her briefcase. The gate attendant interrupted us. Asheville, right? You're going to miss your plane. We were the last two to board. Now, Sophie was agitated because her, our conversation would have to end, and she wasn't finished. <clears throat> the Lord will put us together, I said, not quite believing the confidence I heard in my voice. What do you mean, Sophie asked. Well, he didn't have too much difficulty making the earth. He can get us two seats together. And <clears throat> when we compared tickets, we were five rows apart. As we arrived at my seat, the man sitting in the middle seat next to Sophie heard us talking and turned around. I hate middle seats, he said. I'll switch so you can sit together. You ready, babe? Uh, yeah, um, I'm just going to make the eggs, so you might as well come and sit inside. But you have a doctor appointment today, please. Oh. Hey, you're earning your money. Sophie sank into the seat beside me, momentarily speechless. During the flight, we talked about her options. I laid out some biblical principles and promised for her promises. I prayed with her, and by the time we landed in Asheville, she had broken through to forgiveness. She was still hurting, but she was at peace, determined to give her marriage the commitment it deserved. As I look back over this divine appointment, I can see the footprints of Jabez and his little prayer. I ask for an expected and God's blessings for today. I ask for and expected God's blessings for today. I pleaded for more territory, more ministry and influence for him and step forward to receive it. I lean precariously but confidently upon the Holy Spirit to guide my thoughts, words, and actions with Sophie and to work in the supernatural realm to accomplish what I could not. I ask God to keep evil, or in this case, even a hint of impropriety from spoiling the blessing he desired to bring about through me. Amen. Let me encourage you, my friend, to reach boldly for the miracle. Your father knows your gifts, your hindrances, and the condition you're in at every moment. And he also knows something you can't possibly know. Every single person who's in desperate need of receiving his touch through you, God will bring you to that person at exactly the right time and in the right circumstances. And at that moment, you will receive power to be his witness. The cycle of blessing. As you repeat the steps, you will set in motion a cycle of blessing that will keep multiplying what God is able to do in and through you. This is the exponential growth I referred to at the close of the previous chapter. You have asked for and received more blessings, more territory, more power, and more protection but the growth curve soon starts to spike upwards. You don't reach the next level of blessing and stay there. You begin again. Lord, bless me indeed, Lord, and enlarge, and so on. As the cycle repeats itself, 
you'll find that you are steadily moving into wider fears of blessings and influence, spiraling ever outward and upward into a large life for God. The day will come and come repeatedly during your life that you will be so overwhelmed with God's graciousness that tears will stream down your face. I can remember saying to the Lord, it's too much. Hold some of your blessings back. If you're like many who use the Jabez prayer, including me, you'll come to, to times in your life when you feel so blessed that you stop praying for me, at least for a while. But I promise you that you will see a direct link. You will know beyond doubt that God has opened heaven's storehouses because you prayed. I'll admit it. The cycle of blessings will give you your faith a good testing. Will you let God work in your life regardless of what he chooses? It will always be for your best. Will you surrender to his power and love and surprising plan for you? I hope you choose to do just that. You will experience the joy of knowing that God experiences deep pleasure and joy in you. The only thing that can break this cycle of abundant living is sin, because sin breaks the flow of God's power. It is as if the electric lines to your house in Phoenix were severed and you were cut off from the immense power generated at Hoover Dam. All the incredible potential of the dam's turbines would be untapped, wasted, and waiting for the connection to be restored. You should know that when you sin after experiencing the Jabez blessing, you'll experience a deeper grief over your disconnect from God than you ever thought possible. It's the pain that comes from having once tasted the, the exhilaration of God working in you at a higher level of fulfillment and then turning back. I encourage you to rush back into God's presence and make things right, whatever it takes. Don't squander, even for a minute, the miracle he has started in your life. Indescribable good still lies ahead for you and your family.